We've been here many times before. We've had great shows here before. We started out very, very small, a little place called Dobbs that held about 65 people. And uh, it's, you've always, uh, but I tell you, and then we've been here the last few days. This is the crowd we've been waiting for. I don't know where you've been the last. This is the crowd that this building deserves, is what I'm saying. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience, featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking Cameron in the truck. Everybody, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. For all of you that have been tuning in for a long time, welcome back. For those of you new tuning in, the show, what we do on the show weekly is we take one live show from the Pearl Jam catalog and we break it down song by song, the whole set list, little sections of the set list, and you know a little bit of the history and the background of the show and the performances as well. We'll play some songs throughout. So if you're a brand new listener, welcome. And again, if you've been listening the whole time, you guys have been great. You guys are the greatest fans that we can ask for. Randy Sobel here, John Farrar over there. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. You ready to get into the show? Yeah, man. We've been uh, we've been sticking in this era, this you know late two thousands, early two thousand tens. So we I'm should be uh, so we should be well versed in this it. era right I'm now. I'm so ready to get out of it. Uh, no offense. I know people are listening in and they're really excited for this show. I am too. I I enjoyed the show, but um, I'm ready to get back to '90s stuff and get back to to you know your father's your your grandfather's pearl jam essentially you can only take so many dad jokes per show and yeah i know i i want i want the vigor i want the attitude back i want dave a back you know these things are coming next week we'll <laughs> we'll be back with that but uh oh yeah next, next week's a good one yeah so i i think it's going to be a mixture from from for the rest of the year and uh you know, you'll see a couple '90s things. We got to finish up the MSG series, so you know that's at least two from 2016. So you know, it's we're trying, folks. We're trying to make it balanced. We're trying to make it interesting for everybody. But um, we can promise you, in 2020, it's going to be a really, really interesting mix. We've started to the discussions, and we're kind of 
were kind of almost booked until February. We're we're getting a lot of stuff in, uh, a lot of surprises too. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, going to be hitting a lot of the '90s stuff, and we've got we've got like a an overarching theme for the year that I think we're we're working with. I think it's going to be really cool. I think you guys are going to like it. I think it's going to give a lot of people who um, might not have a chance to have listened to a show that that uh they've been to that we've covered uh to possibly get one so and and also stuff that you know basically kind of gets lost in the pearl jam lore uh you know places that uh you know they don't talk about ever going and and eras that uh kind of get pushed to the side so we're yeah, and doing these and doing these big shows like these msgs and spectrums and pink pops and all this is great but my my favorite part of this is digging in and finding those hidden gems and the ones that the ones that nobody talks about that are great because you know every Pearl Jam show has got great moments in it so I I really want to get in and find some of those that kind of the the lost gems that we can unearth and uh and get people excited about i fully agree i fully agree you know and that's why you know we haven't touched up on like a randall's island or a mansfield yet because you gotta you gotta mix in the hits with uh you know with the some of the the gems too so you know we'll save some stuff for later on in the live on four legs uh, i think i hear riding. i think i hear people yelling I think I hear in the distance. I can hear people yelling, "Wrigley, Wrigley!" <laughs> you know it, they it's, are. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We got ideas. We got plans. Hold all the horses. Um, it might be. It might be all at once. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, we we have some plans. We have some ideas. We think you guys are gonna like everything. If you like Pearl Jam, I think you're gonna like this stuff. Uh, that's the whole premise of this, right? Absolutely. So. Um, but if you like more content, if you like things that, you know, are not necessarily on either Apple podcast or Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen, if you like say evolution episodes or even stuff that was left off of these episodes, the regular episodes, uh, you're going to want to head over to patreon.com slash live on four legs, become and contribute to our Patreon account. We have a good uh, group going there, and um, and we've been really we've been kicking it into high gear with a lot of really good content lately. Yeah, we got a, a couple of new patrons this week. Who do we have? Dylan Sumter and Jason Corbin, and uh, they've actually been uh, patron donors for a couple weeks now. But this is the first opportunity that we've had to say their names on air. So both of you, a big thank you. And Absolutely. you know, we I've already had conversations with them, and we're starting to figure out uh, what their requests are going to be. So uh, stay tuned for for all that. But. Speaking of requests, what's one of the big things that you get from being a Patreon contributor? You get your own uh, Stone Gossard mid-90s Halloween costume. (laughs) I want that. I want that. Can can, can I have that? uh, Yeah, I mean, if you sign up for $1 a month and it can be yours. I actually, funny side story, uh, I went to see Wilco like about a week ago and there was an opener for him. She was just a solo, solo female, and she was called Daughter of Swords. And I swear to God, she was wearing a, an orange creamsicle beanie. 
and it reminded nice. me it reminded me of <laughs> of stone on letterman uh it was it yeah was, we gotta like we gotta work in uh some halloween costume stuff in here let us know if tell people let us know if they're gonna be uh Eddie or uh, mid '90s Stone for Halloween. Yeah, I mean, go to the thrift store, go pick up a corduroy right. jacket, you know, and get an accordion and walk around playing bugs all night. Yeah, that's. I mean, I would. I think that's the perfect Halloween costume. I would definitely give you the whole candy bowl if you came to my house. Maybe oh, not. There you go, people. Maybe not the M and M's. Maybe not the Snickers. <laughs> maybe not the Kit Kats. Or. <laughs> Maybe he's not giving out, he's, he's giving out the Reese's. You heard it. Oh, oh, forgot about the Reese's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely not the Reese's. You can have Whoppers, Whoppers, and Almond Joy. You can have you can have those. I hate those. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that in Halloween, and obviously this show is a Halloween era show or you know time time period show uh being around halloween that's why 10 10 years exactly right exactly yep you're listening yep. to this on the 30th it's 10 years to the day and uh you know that means this is technically our in my treehouse of horror episode two because last year we did in my treehouse of horror episode one just to, you know just a little pun pearl bad dad joke pun yeah that's 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 a joke for all you uh simpsons and pearl jam aficionados out there i know that there's definitely one that uh hosts another pearl jam podcast he, he his name might rhyme with schmanden schmolomo as he likes to say <laughs> um but yeah uh in my treehouse of horror episode two it's going to be the third night of the spectrum so where do we start with this with a little background john um, well, you know, the spectrum's closing down. Uh, um, people know Philadelphia, the Flyers and the um, 76ers and all that played there. Um, I mean, I can, I can give you some Eric Lindros uh, goal. The Legion of Doom line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at the beginning of the show, you get a little uh, montage of some great spectrum moments they played over the... Uh, over the PA there. It must have been cool for those people. Yeah, and it's it's a really big time in Philadelphia. The World Series is going on. The Phillies are looking to be back-to-back world champions. Uh, I'm barfing at this because it's the worst World Series that I can imagine. It's a Phillies-Yankees World Series. It's fucking god-awful um, for a Mets fan. Uh, if you're a Yankee or a Philly fan, you're probably, you know, you probably loved it if you were a Yankee fan, but the Phillies, uh, the Phillies fans, it happened to be an off day during the series. I think it was in between games two and three because, uh, night four, there was a game going on. They were across the street and there was a point in that show where, I guess the crowd realized they were losing and the place deflated. So, um, at least this show, they didn't have the, the games to think about. And I, that might've been a reason why the first two nights by some accounts weren't as good. And by some accounts, I mean, Eddie, hmm. cause Ed, Ed says in the, in the show, uh, you guys brought it tonight. Where was this? The, yeah, the past yeah. two nights. Yeah. So people, uh, people distracted looking at their phones during the yeah. show. Yeah. And you know what? Rightfully so. But come on, Pearl Jam's closing down the spectrum, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's important things going on here. So I, but I get it though. You know, in, 
you're buying tickets when over the summer yeah sure you're you know hoping and praying that the phillies make the world series but uh that's there's no guarantee there so just the aura around the city and everything happening at the same time it must have been really yeah, there's cool. a there's a lot of raul abanez talk at yep. the show Yep, there definitely is. He's in attendance somewhere, and I guess the band is uh, friends with him. And I, I, I used to work with him, so I know him kind of well. Uh, he's a really good dude. I, never, I didn't get the chance to talk to him about Pearl Jam, though, because I didn't know the connection, uh, him being a former Seattle Mariner. But, um, yeah, just kind of a really cool time in Philadelphia and, you know, sort of uh, – uh, nostalgic for people 10 years later to, to think and, about. And yeah, like you know, just a, another one of those venues, like the Garden in Boston and yeah. places like that. They, you know, the Chicago places they played that just aren't around anymore. Actually, both of those places, they either, uh, the Chicago Stadium, they either closed that one down or they were the second to last. Right. And right. I think Boston Garden, they were definitely the second to last. So I'm sure somebody like Aerosmith was the last. Yeah, I think you're right. But but um, yeah, I was I was I was reading that in the PJ20 book earlier. So, uh, but it's kind of cool that they've been able to get these opportunities where you know they're they're that big of a band that they can close a legendary building. Who would have thought? And the and the timing worked out too because you know when Backspacer came out, they kind of had a resurgence of. Um, you know, media attention mm-hmm. and hype around them. So yep. this was a good time where a lot of people who had checked out during the late nineties, early two thousands kind of got back in, you know, so they they kind of had a resurgence in their, their fandom in the, around this time. But you know what they didn't have at the time? What's that? A backspacer coloring book. Oh, order, <laughs> order yours now. They're going available now. Oh boy. I, I think I might buy one for my wife. And there if, you go. If I color one, I'm going to color Stone as a blue meanie. That he's just <laughs> with an orange beanie. Put an orange beanie on. <laughs> exactly. Just color them all blue meanies. Um, but the cool thing about this, like this Fortnite stretch here, is that between them, uh, 103 songs were played. Uh, I don't know about how many different songs were played, but I, um, you know, as far as the Alives and uh, Jeremy's go, I think you know some of those were were doubled up. But yeah, I think um, he he mentions they had talked about trying to play every song that they knew, um, really kind of like a this, Mansfield experiment part right. two. But you know, those things are hard to work out. You know. Yeah, so I, I can understand why they why they you know they they tried they did a valiant effort for sure you they know sure when did. we had our we had our trivia question a few weeks ago about which which cities were the first to hear each album and uh, and these four shows put put Philly on the map for a couple of them yeah I ab- absolutely yeah especially Backspacer because uh, right. all the promotion at the time but um, I think as far as trying to do Mansfield with two more albums and a Lost Dogs album under your belt is uh, you know they they definitely they definitely succeeded in in attempting that so uh, uh, you know cool shows and obviously we've we covered the fourth uh the closing of the spectrum show last year i think that was really the first episode that we did that we realized shit this is gonna be a really long podcast because <laughs> there were like 45 songs in that and uh that was three hours long i remember matt and i were just 
tired by the end of it, and we couldn't yeah, was, speak anymore. I mean, there were a lot of cool stories around that one, too. You had the, there was. the story about the guy that had the sign yeah. from the stadium, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a cool episode people should check out if they haven't. Yeah, and uh, that guy, he still has the Spectrum S. Uh, he's on Instagram, he's on Facebook, uh, go check him out. Um, he's looking for, you know, all the acts that have played at the spectrum, uh, athletes, um, uh, maybe like, uh, GMs and owners of, of teams. And he has a bunch, he has a ton. And I think the only ones from Pearl Jam that he has are Jeff and Mike, it, or Stone and Mike. I can't remember which ones, but he's still looking for the rest of the band. So if you have a hookup and, you know, the band goes to Philly anytime in 2020 or the near or later future, then, you know, this is this is the guy uh, to talk to. I think, I'm sure he'll be there. Yeah, I think the account is called Philly Spectrum S on Instagram, and uh, we plugged him last year, so uh, plug him again this year because he's a good dude. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, sports clips play in the background. You hear, you know, Flyers win, Sixers win, Dr. J, you know, uh, the Bernie Eric Perron, Lindros. That's all Eric, okay. <laughs> uh, Mike Schmidt, I guess, but he's not in that building. I, I don't, yeah, Eagles not in the building. So, yeah, sport, Philly sports. Um, and then you get the Rocky music hits and, you know, the band takes the stage and it's, I think that's, that's a pretty cool moment to, to come out to the Rocky song. Yeah. You know, it's one of those uplifting things. It's here for the people there. It, it, uh, you know, it gets a good crowd response. People are into it. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a hometown kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and that kicks us into the first song of the night. First song from Backspacer. A lot of Backspacer on this show, obviously, but to start it off here with uh, the first song in is uh, is pretty cool. Um, not really used much as an opener in the history. It's only been played 15 total times, opened with twice. Uh, I, I like it to kickstart a show. I, I, I wish it was a more powerful live song than it is, though. Yeah, it's one of those that didn't really stick around after the initial album cycle and and it should have yeah it works it works great here i thought it was a good choice you know in your 
these backspacer songs that we're getting in the show, you know, now's the time that you want to get them because they're they're tight. The band knows them. They've been practicing them. Right. They're fresh, so you're getting really good tight versions of them. You know, you're not we're not getting a lot of like sloppy versions of Johnny Guitar or whatever like you would get in 2018, 2019. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, Going to see my friends at Great Live Song, and uh, yeah, I wish it would have stuck around more. Yeah, um, and you know they go right into the fixer from that, and our our contractually obligated fixer agreements. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we have another another one from that album contractually obligated later, uh, but um, I I really don't have much to ever say on the fixer. So you know, yeah, it's, it's 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 there for the time, and it's one of the blandest Pearl Jam songs. I know. Sorry, send me send the messages to me if you want, but it's just kind of like a, it's just a nice pop rock song. You know, it's it's inoffensive. Yeah, yeah. I look. It's it's fun hearing it back then. It was fun to hear live. I think if I heard it now, I would just kind of I wouldn't even think think about it. it would just kind of. You know, I would look the other way, kind of bored, but it's really, it's really not a big deal. But the the thing that I really wanted to talk about uh, at the top here is how they transition to do two songs in, and then have Ed speak and go into "In My Tree." And I really felt like there should have been at least one more song to bridge before in my tree and the one that's just sticking out in my head i really think that a last exit should would have worked really well there i mean you know obviously you're thinking corduroy but you gotta you gotta save the big song for for night four so you know you get a last exit it kind of keeps the pace going it's quick uh and then and then you could stop and uh go into in my tree but but to do two and stop i'm just i i thought that was a little weak well, they kind of do a little call and response, like a little "Hey, oh." Well, that's hey, I think oh. I think that's a tribute to Freddie Mercury, who you know, Queen played the Spectrum billions of times. I think that's hmm. an homage to that. Could so, be. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so it also gives them like gives the, the crowd a chance to to get involved early and to uh, and for Eddie to kind of gauge how the crowd's going to be, you know, because that's something that we've talked about, like how he he's so good at at reading the crowd and knowing what he can get away with and when he can pull this song here and, and this song here and adjusting on the fly and things like that. So that was probably him at the beginning trying to feel them out. Like, hey, you know, what do we have tonight? Because like you said, like we mentioned, you know, maybe those first two nights the crowd wasn't as into it as they felt like they should have been or, you know, whatever. Maybe this was him, like, feeling it out. Like, maybe they did have something audible in case that didn't go well and maybe they... They do a save you or a whatever last exit something like that, but it gets a good response. The crowd's into it, so so they I guess they they decide to go in my tree and and you know in my tree is a fucking fantastic song. Anytime you get it, of course I I, I love it here. Matt's got the drums down. He he throws in some extra fills um, and things. So I I loved hearing it in this this part. I love hearing it anytime. Another throwback to an old episode, uh, episode number three, Chicago United Center, 2009, night two. Uh, they actually, you know, this is what, two months before this show. Um, they actually did In My Tree as the number three song on that show, too. And I think it went hard to imagine last exit 
in my tree. And I think that was one of the early things that Matt and I had talked about that if they had just switched a couple of things around and in my tree, maybe after hard to imagine, and then, you know, get into all the rockers that it would have worked. But, uh, I guess it, it was something that was on their mind that they were thinking about doing at the time. So at least it's consistent. Yeah. And they maybe thought like, Hey, it worked then let's, let's try it again. And, you know, and, and I, I trust Ed in these things. Like he's, he's played a thousand shows. He's been at all different kinds of venues he he knows he knows where to where to put these songs. I'm not I'm not going to try to second guess uh, the placement in this one. No, I especially look, doing I, I would, doing four shows back to back to back to back. You can kind of you can experiment a little bit and try some different things. And he knows yeah. the crowd's still going to be behind him. I think that's fair, and I think a theme for this whole entire show is just finding uncommon songs in places that they wouldn't necessarily be in a more structured set list. And I think that's one of the charms of this show. Absolutely. And this is the, and in my trees, the first of four no code songs you get in a main set. And Which is how, how many incredible. times can you say that in the last 15, 20 years? So yeah, you, absolutely. You get not only four no code songs in the main set, but two binaural songs. Oh in, yeah. We'll get to encore. that. We'll get to that. Yeah, so In My Tree goes into Given a Fly. Uh, this is a powerful song, and everybody's chanting the, the fuckers part. And uh, the, the, crowd is, the crowd is really into this one uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, and in, uh, a, in a main set full of uh, like some rarer songs, some songs that have one song that's never been played, a few songs that don't get played often, you, you need like Given to Fly as kind of the anchor one of the uh, one of those moments for the crowd at this set. We talked about that uh, that first MSG 2010 show where there there weren't those moments in the main set. You know where they, sure. he didn't give the crowd something to something to hold on to. But but given the fly here, I think works really well. Yeah, I think there is a little bit more of that in this. Um, but there are some placement things that I, just they. I don't know if I'm confused by it, but like I, I think it's intrigued is it's an it's an odd question. It's an odd main set, I'll give you that. Yeah. But I think yeah. and that that's just a function of playing four shows back to back to back to back in Right, and, and trying not to stay to right. the structure that right. you used for the first two shows. Because the first two shows by all accounts, I think I actually um I was offered tickets tonight too. I have at least there there has been at least three Philly shows that I've been offered tickets to that I had to decline because I had to work because Philly's one of those weird show weird places where it's a four hour drive, you know if I have to work the next day I can't stay the night and then you know head back and go to work. That's uh, when you just got to take the train and fall asleep on the train. Uh, yeah, exactly, and end up in Hoboken or whatever <laughs> crap like that. Um, but you know, I, 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 I thankfully wasn't offered tickets to the the ten show. I was offered right. tickets to to the other night. So right. at least at least I I, I skipped out on that. But um, really, uh, here after giving fly, you have kind of your first holy shit moment with uh, you know a song that's pretty rare in Tremor Christ, and this is a throwback to you know nineteen ninety four nineteen ninety five where this is Tremor Christ in its sweet spot. You know you get a couple you know a spin the black circle and a brain of J or something like that really early, and then you kind of you know you you kind of twist it and and change the pace a little bit and bring 
bring in a tremor christ i i have always loved this song in the spot and uh that's kind of a an homage to that i would think yeah they they, they played it really fast too the opening's really fast i really liked it and you get to get a cool ed scream uh at the end there i thought it was great yeah, but no, you know, no issues with Tremor Christ whatsoever. I'll take it, you know, every other show if I had to. Uh, you Untitled and MFC uh, after that. Um, and inti- I, kept, I keep wanting to say entitled. <laughs> Untitled. That's, that's a difference, huh? That's going <laughs> to be on the new a, album. Where, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's about all of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not you guys. No, not he, our uh, listeners. he does the cool thing, you know, get down to the spectrum. And she's, yeah, you know, it's going fast. Somehow let's get down to the spectrum. Cause it's going fast. Kind of a, a chance for him to to give a little nod to the uh, to the situation there and there. Do you have a theory as to why he changes the amount of minutes every time he does that? Like sometimes it's 35 minutes or so, or it's 20 minutes or so. I think he just makes it up on the fly. Okay. It's just yeah. whatever's in his head. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if there was a method to the madness. It or could not, have been obviously. like how, how far the bus ride was from the hotel to the venue. Like we don't, we don't know. That's, that's an amazing mystery. And we've, we've uncovered a lot of good mysteries on the show. We've actually last week, we uncovered a mystery, uh, from, one of the Brooklyn shows uh, from a couple of years ago, uh, the version of all those yesterdays where he said, uh, don't you think you ought to lay your sign down? We found the, the guy with the sign. Yeah. Yeah. And he complied and he, he put his sign down. So another mystery solved by live on four legs, everybody. Our, our detective crew's hard at work. Yep. We're, uh, we're fishing for these stories. Um, but uh, MFC, no gnawing on this, so I'm waiting for it. I'm always waiting for the gnawing, and uh, you know that I'm going to play it if it's gnawing, and, and I don't get it. It's still it's great, though. MFC is a great song. Totally underrated song on Yield. I'm Yeah, I, I, I love the song. I, I'm picky about it live, though. Sometimes I, I feel like there's a lack of atmospheric vibe to it. This is, this is somewhere in the middle. This is, this isn't bad. Um, something is a tiny, tiny bit off, whether it's like Ed just not hitting the, the, the higher notes that he has to hit on is, this, but is, is Matt there with you? Is, are we, are we channeling Matt a little bit? In no, this we're not, no, no, it's, it, this, it's not, it's not that critical. <laughs> it's not that critical. Ed says in the next, uh, speaking, engagement he mentions another matt uh he says we are making an attempt to play this next song and we've never played it with matt uh not matt the live on four legs bass player but you know mfc as the last song would say do we do we have a live on four legs band is he he Uh, be the live on four legs bass player what does that make me are we going to double double bass bass attack lead bass and rhythm bass (laughs) <laughs> we can we can do something like that i mean do you want to be less claypool like you hate less claypool no so. that would matt, matt can play lead bass i'll play i'll play rhythm bass all right well we don't really have a drummer uh i can't play shit buckley can play guitar i, I you know um maybe a really can drum for us oh, or something like that or bagel we, we'll we'll just we'll find somebody to play the bongos sounds good
Yeah, there, there you go. Our live on four legs band, um, and and we'll also we'll get a Hawaiian surfer. Perfect. We'll ship him, Perfect. ship him up, and he'll be on keys. And doesn't matter what his name is, that's Boom. Perfect. We got it figured out, you guys. So yeah, so obviously don't want to, you know, don't want to underplay this here because this is a pretty big moment in the show. But uh, Ed says they never played the song with Matt, and they've actually he said they they haven't played it for a long, long time. And then he realized midway through he's like, actually, I don't know if, if we've ever played it. And it's uh, it's one of the rare of the rare lost dogs. Uh, hold on. had been released as b-sides or what have you but hold on was one of those you know especially being from 1993 or so uh that wasn't released at all yeah, i think there's a little and, bit of confusion like is it from the 10 era is it from the versus era i think there was some competing uh there were some sources that were conflicting as to actually when it was is it from 92 is it from 93 but yeah i don't know well, how how it managed to stay hidden for for 10 11 years yeah, that's that's kind of crazy, but it obviously, you know, it, what it doesn't benefit from on Lost Dogs, I think it's like second to last track on one of the albums. It should be much higher, you would think, right? That It's so hard to sequence those things when you're talking about I, B-sides I and stuff that was previously released and stuff that wasn't recorded together in all different eras. Like, I mean, they could have just thrown darts at, at a wall and, and sequenced it, but I I know, but I, I just think that maybe if it were higher, maybe they would have recognized it a little more, and and maybe before the spectrum they would have dabbled with it or at least made an attempt. And and I think it's only been played seven or eight times to this date. Yeah, a very small amount, and obviously this is the debut. And and uh, and give them credit too. Five because times. A lot five of times, times when you get a debut like this, of a song that hasn't been played in years and years and years, um, like not even played at a show, uh, played by the band. Period. Um, 
it can be a little rusty and it can be, you know, they're, they're prone to making mistakes, but they, they nailed it. I thought man. this they, was fantastic. They, yeah. they got through it without, without screwing up and, uh, kudos to them because it's, uh, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but yeah, I mean, it's, it would have been so cool to, to be there. You know, there's, there's nothing like being in the crowd when you get a debut like this. I'm sure it was really special for those people in the crowd. Yeah. I think that's your, you know, a, a big, holy shit. Like this is going to be a legendary show kind of oh, yeah. moment, uh, that you're going to get something that, you know, you may never get again. Like they did this at Wrigley and they did this in Lollapalooza and in Brazil or Chile. I can't remember which, uh, one it was last year, but this is, this is one of the, you know, serious, serious, serious collector kind of songs. Um, one question I have for you, this is obviously, you know, the, a stone song all the way through. Um, how do you feel about that intro where they kind of, instead of going back, you, you, you know, what I'm, it's kind of a jarring intro to the song. And since we haven't talked about the song on the show, this is, this is the live on four legs debut of hold on. Um, how do you feel about that? I think it's really interesting that it kind of goes, wow, no, 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 no. And it takes like half a chunk out of the first bar and repeats the rest. Like it's a really interesting way that, that stone wrote that. And I'm kind of sometimes perplexed by it a little bit, whether it's confusing, whether I like it, but I, I don't think a lot of other people can pull it off besides him. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about it on this, those 91, uh, 92, 93 shows that we've talked about that stone is just a monster back then. Like his, his songwriting was, was unparalleled at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't I think it's I think it's great I don't I don't understand you know we I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they were when they were discussing it back in the day as far as like where whether it was going to make the album whether it was going to you know make make b-side status or something like I I think it would have fit maybe on on 10 maybe not the lyrics aren't quite as angsty as uh some of the other stuff on there maybe for verses but then verses has a different feel to it it's a little darker maybe something like hold on doesn't really fit in but yeah i don't understand why it never made never made a b-side status but um but yeah i think it's it's so cool like stone is is great at, at pulling out those kind of strange guitar riffs and uh and making them work yeah that's you know and that is part of the mystique to the song that you know it, it is a very unique stone song and they don't pull it out very often and the, and, and the lyrics uh, are great like lyrically it fits right sure. in with with what they were doing i think it's 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 strong there's there's no reason it should have uh should have uh hit the cutting room floor back then no but you know what it just makes it more enjoyable now and more uh you know something something that that people are have on their statistical list so to speak uh if you're counting at home and and compiling stats so uh here ed kind of says he mentions what we mentioned before about you know trying to play every song that they wrote in in four days but they need six days to do it uh the crowd boos and ed says don't piss them off we'll keep it interesting i promise uh that gets in a little stretch here of unthought known and in hiding um good good stuff and i think Ed during Unthought Known, and still, I, I love bringing up really early versions of Unthought Known when it was still developing into a popular song. I think the band really wants this to be 
the one that they keep from Backspacer. And when you hear the clapping, Ed says in that beginning, he says, good encouragement, thank you. Um, I I really feel like he, he's he's trying to make an attempt for this song to to be the one that lasts. It's the closest thing to a classic Pearl Jam song that you get on Backspacer, I think. So, yeah, I think they, you know, and, and Pearl Jam, they've been a band for years and years, even at this point. So you kind of know when you when you hit on something in the studio or in when you're rehearsing or in practice when you're writing, you kind of get that feeling like this is going to be special. And I think Unthought Known is one of those, one of the, the rare ones in the last last few albums that, that really has a special feel to it, especially live. Like it, it really works well and it really gets a good reaction from the crowd. It's, it's one of the best songs they've written in the last 15 years, probably. Yeah, I would take that and Lightning Bolt as like two of the best songs uh, that have that staying power for sure. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it did, you can, you can feel the crowd that they're getting into it, that they're, they're vibing on it, but you know, obviously a couple years later and this is, you know, a pivotal song for them and played almost every single yeah, night. And, so. and then you get right back into the, uh, into the rarities. Yeah. Uh, in, in hiding here, here's, you know, what I was saying before with uncommon songs in places where you may not see them, obviously, you know, you have to bring up like even flow territory here and you're not getting it. Um, but in hiding is more of kind of, kind of the song in the tremor Christ or a little bit later spot. Uh, so to get it after unthought, no, it's, it's, it's in a strange spot where I don't know if I like it or I'm not feeling it. But the crowd is feeling it. The crowd does, uh, yeah, does he, a good job with he it. He does a little pandering, too. Where he's like, ah, I was fucking high as hell. Let me tell you something. I was fucking high as hell. Yep, that, that was fun. Good good singing there. And, and Ed says that was the best I've ever heard on that song. He's wrong. Do you remember Vic Theater? <laughs> well, Vic Theater didn't have as many people there. You know, there, it wasn't as loud. Oh, it was a smaller, I mean, smaller venue. I was able to hear it on the boot. Well, yeah, the boots. I don't know being, if being, Ed being in the room is different. has gone back to listen to the boots, but you know, I yeah, that's just me. That's just me. I love that version. I'll take it to the grave. So, uh, yeah, here to the rarities. Um, they don't seem too rare when you talk about them in the grand scheme of, you know, covering in in 2019 and all the songs that we've covered and we've talked about these plenty of times, but, uh, deep and habit are back to back here and between the two of them, I don't want to do the math, but it's, it's about between the two of them, almost 350 shows delayed, uh, Deep hadn't been played since 2003. That was the first time they brought it back. Uh, and Cameron in 2003 only played it 10 times. Yeah. So really, you know, not a song that, that he had, uh, he had been familiar with and habit, uh, I think was 146 shows, uh, before they brought it back here. I think the last time before that was uh, in 2005. So two pretty rare rare songs. I think they uh, I think they killed it on Deep. I think Deep sounded really good in this.
times you get a, we've talked about it too, where you get the riff has kind of become a little more generic uh, in recent years. But yeah, I thought this version of Deep was great. Uh, they probably sound checked it a few times and, and made sure. But yeah, I mean, think about it. If you were to, to get a main set with Within My Tree, Tremor Christ, Untitled MFC, Hold On, In Hiding, Deep Habit, you'd be you'd be thrilled. You know, you'd be like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Right, yeah. I, I mean, at least for, uh, again, for people that are collectors and stat heads and things like that, or even for the people that have been to multiple shows and haven't seen habit since you know yeah. 2002 uh you know that that's a special kind of moment you know i i've had those moments with songs before where you know it took me years before i saw red mosquito again and when i got it again i was excited and happy to get it so and when you talk about it too i think this tour the 2006 tour kind of started it i think where they were kind of more comfortable with with who they were and their back catalog and they kind of realize, well, you know, the the fans kind of deserve to bring some of these things back. We don't, you know, they don't have the, maybe some of the, the baggage that a lot of those old songs have has kind of fallen off. So right. they, starting in 2006 and moving to the to 2009 and on, they, they kind of started bringing back a lot of those things. And it, the set list kind of became a little more unpredictable in in the in the recent years and you even see that you know in 2016 2018 think of all the crazy things that that have happened you know and a lot of that out of my mind exactly strangest tribe got played evil little goat got played um a lot of that started around around this time where they they kind of got more comfortable in their own skin and like you know you know we we can bring this stuff back and it's it's not going to be weird like even if even if we screw it up people aren't going to care they're still going to love it yeah I, I'm waiting for Creedy Stomp. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> you so, might be waiting a while. Yeah, I, I would, I would figure, but you know, one, one can dream. Uh, so, yep, those are the two pretty rare ones, and we have another pretty rare one uh, coming later in the set as well. Um, really packaging this kind of the end of the set here the last six songs and we'll sort of touch up on each of them but uh you know real quick this is how they end the first set uh crop duster into off he goes into force of nature into present tense into got some into do the evolution that's an interesting uh little section there with uh some some crowd favorites and some ones again like like a crop duster that don't come up uh, very often. So, uh, and like I said, within hiding crop dusters really in a spot where when it was on the riot act tour, it was more towards the top as that little break after, you know, the hard hitting first section. Yeah. I think that that first half of riot act is, is underrated by a lot of people. You got a thumbing my way, ghost crop duster, uh, save you love boat captain. A lot of those are great, great songs. Um, so I'm, yeah, I think Crop Duster's great. I, it would have been awesome to hear it. I'd love to hear it at a show someday. Um, off he goes, great. Present tense, obviously one of those, one of those crowd moments that the McCready gets to take over. Um, and then of course, you know, you love Got Some, so I'll, I'll give you the uh, give you the the chance to talk about that one. Oh, well, you know, less. <laughs> two to three minutes, and it, yeah, it's yeah. it's really it, it's. Here's what I kind of like about the Backspacer songs and covering them. They almost, and and it's kind of why I, you know, 
the opposite of why I like other songs, but the Backspacer songs really don't change at all. Yeah, none of them have really. And how are they going none of them to? have really, you know, and we we've been doing those evolution episodes. None of them have really evolved. You know, they they just and kind of are what they, they are. They kind of can't, right? Yeah. yeah, it's what are you going to do to got some? There's no, there's no way to tag. There's no like uh, call and response. And think about mega how many of them just it. don't get played. Like Johnny Guitar never gets played. Gonna see my friend never gets played. Speed of sound no. disappeared. Force of nature disappeared. The yeah. end has pretty much disappeared. Like there's only been a few that have managed to stick around. But I will have to say, even though Backspacers, you know towards the bottom of uh in in my album pantheon uh, i would i would say that a lot of those songs i like hearing better on the album and we've talked about it a billion times a lot of these played live is uh in a drop tuning and you know gonna see my friend that was in drop tuning on this didn't mention it but uh habit was actually in drop tuning uh that was something we didn't get into, but I had an opinion about that. We'll just skip it. Uh, <laughs> not a big deal. Not a big deal. Uh, force, force of nature isn't drop. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's something you get when when people get older. There's the 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 vocal cords just aren't what they used to be, so they they have to adjust. Right, and I think with the with the new songs, I think it's you're looking for that same fire and passion that you just you know, that you're just soaking in for the first time and you're not necessarily getting that. And maybe that's and, you know, why and in the, and in a the, song like Unthought Known is so prominent because they can yeah. bring it to that level without it being dropped. And think about it too in the studio, like he can take a whole day to do one vocal track. He can have Honey Tea and rest his voice for a day and then come back and do a vocal on an album and then they can take as long as they want to record Backspace. I think it took... 30 days to record backspacer so yeah he had he had, like he had plenty of time to work on the vocals but when you're doing 25 30 songs in a set he can't just like take a 30 minute break and be like guys i'm gonna go have some tea then we'll come back and write right. these like it's just not feasible so i mean they give them credit i mean they, they made it work and you know would you rather have that or would you rather them just never play those songs you know that that's where no. we're at yeah i you know i i i'm always uh, in favor for a balanced set list and try to get you know as much in from every album as possible uh you know even if it's just one from each album on a show i think that's kind of that's getting further than you can expect and yeah, you if get, you can get one and you get a binaural song off he, off he goes in present tense topping off the uh the four no code songs in the main set and then got some making uh five backspacer songs so almost Almost half the main set, more than half probably, is no code and backspacer on their own. A couple yields too. I think there's yeah. three yield. I think yeah. you got given a fly MFC and uh, and evolution. So in, yeah, in, it's, in hiding too. Oh, in hiding. Yeah, this is a really balanced set. There's a lot to it, but you know, after backspacer, there's you know four ten songs, four four yield songs, four no code songs, uh, three covers, two lost dogs, two binaural, two vitalogy, and the rest are one. Yeah, so, yeah. like, that's... And Backspacers, it's six. Yeah. So that's pretty good, pretty good balance there. Yeah, they they, they made they made up for the lack of 10 and verses in the uh, in the encores. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, here, also, uh, you have somewhere in the middle of this, uh, Ed mentions that it's uh, Ben Harper's 40th birthday, so he was going to give him a call. I don't think it really went as well as, uh, as expected. Uh, 
but he was trying to get the the crowd to <laughs> chant happy birthday and uh but more importantly if he turned 40 10 years ago that means he's just turning 50 now so happy birthday happy birthday man harper um and ending the set with evolution this is a really good way to end it and obviously evolution is one of those songs powerful and you kind of you finish on a really strong uh point here with yeah, it, was, uh, it was definitely needed after the the kind of scattered main set yeah uh and and look you know whenever there's a big sh- big show and a big arena in a big city uh he'll do the this is our church sing like a choir and this that that part is obviously you know it's an exciting part and you know he gets really passionate really into it this just a tight version overall good way to end the first set absolutely love it so encore time here ed is talking to the crowd a bit and talks to a guy he's just he's bantering with people in the front he says uh this guy is uh seeing his last pearl jam show as a single person and then he talks to a 12 year old and says hi to him and then ed brings up a nice little story a sad story but you know happy happy ending um uh about when they played in hawaii (laughs) they had some fans from australia came to the show and one of the fans got into a horrific uh car accident and had to stay in a hospital in maui for for a couple weeks and uh ed said that you know they wrote letters back and forth and uh he got a letter from somebody saying that she would be there tonight so ed points her out in the crowd and then has her moved to the side of the stage i mean like that's you know that is uh uh one of the best things that that ed does is yeah they're whenever they're really good about monitoring the forums and looking for special cases like that yeah and and making a note you know to to take care of those people and to to show them they appreciate the effort that they make yeah and look you know it's uh we've we've told great stories on here you know about you know people that have had brain brain cancer and, and survived and and ed with with them not knowing that they've even made tribute to them on stage you know somebody gets in the band's ear and says hey uh uh bill wants to hear hard to imagine in tampa and the band says you know he he uh he suffered through enough i think we can i think we can do this for him And, and they know the impact that their songs have on people like everyone who's listening to this can name a, more than a handful of Pearl Jam songs that have influenced their life. And I know I can, sure. you know, yeah. had a, had a huge impact on their life, meant something to them, means something special, something above and beyond just a normal song means to you. So it's kudos to them for realizing that and, and making sure that they, you know, that they give the, the fans the recognition that they deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, the next song to start the encore is just breathe. And we have, uh, the string quartet here for it. And, um, we're going to, we're going to have to put the string quartet on salary. We've been having them on a lot lately. We sure have, which, uh, kind of leads us to, uh, a question of the day. We, we kind of inadvertently last week made up a question of the day segment and, uh, you know, we haven't seen any of the response from it because we're kind of recording at a time where it's right after the episode had aired. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe next time we'll, we'll read some emails if we get from that. Uh, but uh, question of the day here uh, we were talking about before we went on. What Pearl Jam song would you like to hear 
with a string quartet. And there's some interesting songs that we're about to get to with just well, my, my choice would have been Lucan, but that's already been done. That's already done. Yeah. Twice. So I gotta think um, I gotta think footsteps would be really cool. Yeah. Light years. I'd love to hear that with the strings. Um, would you like a an S and M with Pearl Jam? Would you would you be into that? Explain what we're talking about. Uh, Symphony and Metallica. You know oh, that. Uh, uh, I know they they did that with the Mad Season uh, a while back, where they had the uh, the Mad Season Symphony thing. It was it was all right. I mean, I probably not. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably it's, I probably wouldn't be into that. But you know, a few songs here and there. I don't it's mind. Too gimmicky. You know? Yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't want you know orchestral Pearl Jam is not something that sounds. That, that that sounds good to my my ears. That that right. That, How are you going to do stuff like that? Not that seems, for you and that seems wrong. And whipping that seems and, wrong yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I can understand that. But again, question of the day. But hey, it's, live on it's 2019. Podcast. I'll take what I can get. I mean, if if they if if they announce it tomorrow, I'm there. Exactly. Live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Answer our question of the day. What song would you like to hear? with a string accompaniment and yeah, I'm excited. Had I had a couple of them. Hopefully we'll get some interesting answers. I know there's probably some I haven't even thought of. We haven't thought of. So yeah, yeah. let us know what you think. And uh, we'll maybe we'll read some, uh, some of the cooler ones uh, next week. I think that's a great idea. So yeah, get us your email and, uh, and we'll get it on air. Uh, so just breathe. I mean, I hate glancing over it because it's a special song when you add a string section to it but it, it it has been done a bunch of times so it's not like it doesn't feel special it's just you know we have mentioned it a bunch of times and it, so, and it gets and whenever there's strings you know just breathe is going to get played exactly yeah exactly exactly which is you know the kind of predictable that's the good kind of predictable yeah and, it's, a, uh, it's a beautiful song beautiful melody not, nothing bad to say about it Yep, Matt Cameron's vocals, backups are great in this, and uh, yeah, it's it's the perfect song. I think you have to do it in the spot. But there are some here that you don't normally get with strings, and this next one in particular sounds really fantastic. Uh, from Binaural, we have, since 126 shows, Parting Ways is back in the set list here. Love it. There's a fear he'll soon be parting
underrated songs on Binaural. We talked about underrated songs on Riot Act. Binaural has a book. The, the second half of Binaural is really underrated. Some really cool stuff on there that, that doesn't get played as often as it should. I, I agree with you, and I think, you know, I'll, I can get into my take on Binaural as a full album at another time. I think that it, you know, the album itself lacks from a track listing, uh, you know, issue and, and, you know, maybe some other songs like Sad and, and Education or something Fatal. Like that should have been in it. Fatal, right. Like, it is missing a couple. Maybe maybe Rival could have been one of the B-sides instead. Uh, but Parting Ways is definitely one that over the past year or two, I, I've started to appreciate a real lot more. It's it's powerful. It's deep. It's, it's you know, it gets... It, gets really powerful as you go along at the end when you're doing the drifting away part especially in this one uh, yeah great stuff from uh from cameron on the drums on this one too yep ed's holding ed's holding out that last note on drifting away and and the crowd is uh in all appreciation this is this is a perfect song to do with strings this this was great yeah i i oh, it would have been would have been awesome to see it and do you know what the last time they had done this song to this date was i do not it was grand rapids oh cool a show we've done yeah yeah a show we speak very highly of so uh that was part of that you know grand rapids experiment that they were doing in in the first <laughs> first encore where you know it's kind of what they do in encores nowadays where it's the cool down but parting ways was was part of that so i figured i'd i'd bring that up because we have the tie-in and i know that bradley is definitely listening and that's that's his show so uh here we get another string song another one you wouldn't expect on on strings and honestly i had a tough time hearing the string section in uh it's jeremy and um do you call this version yes jeremy uh, you call it strung out, <laughs> Jeremy, maybe. Um, yeah, it, it would have been. It, it's, it's funny you mention it. it. It would have been cool to get a, a little nod to the No Jeremy if they had played it a little a little more slowed down, a little. Uh, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a cool thing. But yeah, same way, I, I'll have to go back and listen. I didn't get a chance to really dig into it, but uh, I do want to go back and listen to it a few more times and, and see if I can. Uh, distinguish the strings there because i it's, it's intriguing it's a it's an interesting choice um but again i think the the guitars and the the drums kind of overwhelm the strings on this one yeah that's kind of what i was thinking uh it's it's a really tough song to do and i'm sure it seemed like in the beginning ed was kind of saying stay there guys stay there so i don't know maybe they weren't expecting and maybe they were just kind of doing it on on the flyer they didn't or they talked about it backstage and they were like, maybe we'll do Jeremy, but maybe not. So, uh, you know, I, 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 with more practice and more uh, of a general idea on this, I think it could have been pretty Yeah, good. it would have been cool to, like, replace that that bass riff at the beginning with the, with the cello or something. That would have oh, been interesting. Yeah. But, that would have been you know, fantastic. We can, uh, we can uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a vitamin string quartet version of Jeremy out there. Oh, there so you go. Yeah. Uh but the crowd was on fire during this. Oh, yeah. This was Jeremy really Jeremy always gets a big reaction.
last set, uh, one I really want to highlight uh, is Light Years, but we'll get to that. Breath is before Light Years, and man, Breath, the band is on fire during Breath. This is, Mike's solo is incredible during this one. It's just, uh, uh, they they are taking the encore and they're bringing it to new levels. I felt like this show had a really good build up until you know, the big moments, you know, you get big moments for, for rearview mirror. And then there's some really big moments in, in encore too. I feel like all of the stuff that were, was happening in the first set is building to the really good stuff that's happening in these. Encores. Oh yeah. I mean, and I, I've said it before, Ed, Eddie's a master of, of crafting these set lists. He knows if, if, if we're going to make the main set a little weirder, maybe structure a little differently, then we're going to hit them hard in the encores and we're going we're to bring it home and make sure these people get their money's worth. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, they did a, they did a really good job with this one, obviously with a huge canvas to work on. And, uh, after, after breath, you get a song that's almost never in an encore with light oh, years. Yeah. And fantastic. This was great. I, you know, light, light years, I've never seen it live before, but listening to it on bootlegs, you know, you listen to a couple from the 2000 tour and you listen to a couple spliced in here and there. And it's one of those songs that uh, kind of, I guess, like what I was saying with MFC, I I might be a little take it or leave it with live just because uh, the riff is so choppy. It's kind of clunky a little bit and to keep paces a little difficult. But like this one, I felt like they were really on top of their game. song that pushes probably into the top 10 for me sometimes i got to hear it in uh, in columbia south carolina in 2016 the the night that uh that we found out that prince had died and they kind of played it as a tribute to him uh it was really really special i absolutely adore the song like the the meaning behind it i the, the, the melody of it i like i said i'm it's it it pushes into the top 10 for me of pearl jam songs they do tribute this to somebody that's a friend of a friend that that uh, had lost somebody. So you know, ob- obviously uh, very emotional there, and that gets us into ending the set with Rearview Mirror. Man, we've talked about Rearview Mirror billions of times, billions of uh, different spots, um, and it sounds different every single time. They're doing different stuff. Mike is here, you know, 
he's on the whammy bar and he's doing a lot of soloing with the delay effect. Uh, Stone is doing a lot of distortion moves and Ed during this whole time is doing the same, you know, I will forgive, I will forget, uh, that we've heard basically the last three or four weeks that we've done this song. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're kind of on a kick with that. And, uh, they sort of they kind of they they kind of smooth out and they they cool off right before going into the baseline and having everybody clap and it kind of gets to you know it it, it gets quiet instead of having that like big mat drum build up, mm-hmm. which I really like. Oh yeah, it's one of, it's one of the best live songs. Like like we said before, there's there's not a bad version of it. That takes us into encore two and and obviously making the baseball reference Phillies. In, in the World Series, so he's saying, let's go extra innings here, and they take that energy from Rearview Mirror and plug it right into Whipping to start this encore. I love channeling that energy. I, uh, you know, it's just running on full adrenaline, and uh, and you know, it's kind of funny. You know what I thought about when they opened the this encore with, with Whipping? You know what I thought about? What they did the next night what they would open the uh, second encore with. Yeah. Whip it. Yeah. So not not sure who picked up on that, <laughs> but I, I, they, they, I don't know if that was something that they necessarily had planned, like, hey, we're going to do Whip It tomorrow, so let's do Whipping tonight. Right. So, but, you know, but, it's, uh, I, can, I can see Eddie laughing to himself as he came up with that. Like, I'm, I'm the <laughs> only one that's going to get this. Yeah. Well, we figured you out, Ed. <laughs> we figured you out. So we know you're listening, by the way. Absolutely. Corduroy boy. Corduroy <laughs> boy, Ted. Um, yeah, gr- great version of Whipping. Oh, yeah. Such, such a cool thing to come out in an encore, too, where you normally would get, you expect to get like a State of Love and Trust or a, you know, like Go or something, something like, like to come out with like with something like Whipping just immediately brings that crowd energy back up to 11. Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent, and we uh, we have some interesting things in in this encore too. I think this is a really, uh, a really well well done and well uh, uh, configured encore here. We uh, get crazy Mary after whipping, and you know, did you notice in the beginning of this? There's a little bit of trepidation, like they kind of start that the chord and they kind of stop a little bit. He doesn't sing right away. You remember the Philly show that we covered a couple months back where we talked about how Crazy Mary, there was a big amp malfunction in it? Yeah. I'm wondering if that's like sort of a... Uh, a te- And I wasn't watching the video at the time, but I'm wondering if that was sort of like a tease like, hey, are you sure we're doing this? Are you sure we're doing this? Are you sure the ghost of Mary's not going to haunt us again? Right, right. Because, you know, that that's a... I, I, when I think of Crazy Mary, I, I now equate it to Philadelphia. Well, there were some, there were some probably some ghosts in the spectrum that that were, were floating <sighs> around that had... Uh, had a you few think. things to say, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you have to you have to walk on eggshells over there. That's for damn sure. If if you had ever been in that building, which I haven't, but I've you know heard 
notorious things about what, the bathroom situation and uh, Eric Lindros just wandering the halls randomly. I don't know if that was happening, <laughs> but I'm sh- I'm sure at some point it was. Uh, but this Crazy Mary, look, another one that we can't say really anything bad about. This is this is the power of Boom and Mike, and uh, really you have a lot of good back and forth going on here. Uh, they do it twice where they're back and forth, and Mike does the Stairway to Heaven way. Yeah, that's they. They were definitely back in versus mode, not not co op mode in this one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I love it when they when they trade off and try to outdo each other. And probably they had probably talked about it. And Mike was like, "Oh yeah, try Stairway to Heaven." Who do you so, think won this one? Even though he did Stairway, who do you think won? I, you know, I gotta think Mike always wins. See, I it, actually he's, thought he's that he's hard to beat. Yeah, he's he's expert level, but I, I thought that that. If Boom's giving him a run for his money on this one, this one was better than average. I thought that sure. this one had a lot of power, a lot of oomph behind it. I thought Boom did his job splendidly. Whether whether or not he's an official member of the band, he uh, he he killed it on this version. This all sounded good. So oh, yeah, maybe he, it was just he earns his money on this one. Maybe it was just a tie. We'll well, just call it a tie. Tie it tie it. goes to the guitarist. Yeah, I I guess so. <laughs> Guitar the guitarist is always on offense, so uh that takes us from Crazy Mary into this little section right here. And what we're gonna do here is we're gonna do something a little bit different since the three songs are so connected uh with each other. We're gonna play them all at once. We're gonna play them back to back to back and then we'll talk about them as a whole. So what you're getting here is you're not getting the mamasan but you're getting the mamasan starting with footsteps and ending with alive and we'll we'll play all this and we'll kind of do like a montage of the three songs and uh we'll we'll get right back into it Reaching a meal 
First of all, the the first thing I'm thinking about is the transition from Crazy Mary into Footsteps I thought was tremendous. Uh, usually you get Crazy Mary into Alive or, you know, something, a state of love and trust, something that's more powerful. Uh, but going from Crazy Mary into something that's uh, a little less than Crazy Mary I think is even better to me. I, I, I thought it was great. Oh, yeah, and Footsteps is a song that... Yes, it's it's a little quieter. It's a little, it, you know, it's not a rocker, but it it still has power and it still has it still hits hard in its in its own way and it it deserves a spot in an encore too for sure. Even if even if it wasn't linked with these other two songs, it's it's a, it's a highlight whenever you get it. Yeah, and you know, I, I was telling you beforehand that uh, when listening to this and Mama Son was on my mind. You sort of, with a live where it is and it's in its normal spot, I, I, I sort of forgot for a second that Alive was the first song. This felt so natural to me. That yeah, and, they, and they'll do this occasionally where they, they'll play it in reverse late because, you know, building to Alive is what you're going to get an encore to. They're not going to go from Alive down to footsteps in an encore to. No, 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 no. They're going to build in reverse. So this is something that they'll pull out occasionally. And yeah, it's it's so cool. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people there once once they got once they heard once uh, after footsteps, they they knew what was coming after that. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think at that point, end of the night. Yeah. I, th- I think you're uh, you're on to something there. And uh, for all of you stat heads out there, 
they've done the reverse Mamasan eight times. So that's interesting. I wonder if that's actually more than they've done the actual Mamasan. I would say probably less. Well, that would be my the, guess. Here's the thing: they were they did the Mamasan really early on around that that Zurich area time period, uh, but. Uh, I after think in, that, in like they really didn't bring in, it back that much. I want to say in ninety eight, two thousand, it, it 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 popped up a few times. Uh, once is really good. It's it's got a good good pacing to it, good speed. I thought it uh, it worked really well. And uh, and alive, you get a little bit of the uh, the hey hey hey's at the end. The crowd's really into it. Yeah, obviously you're you know you know what's coming at this point in the night. You know it's you know alive and one or two other songs, and and you're gonna give it your all when you hear it, and especially that you're putting this connection together, that you're getting a, a the reverse story that started the band's history. You know you, you're realizing that uh, you know this what we've all taken in here is is a pretty special show. So uh, you got two more left, and Ed is uh, you know before he gets into some punk rock, he's saying. He's mentioning uh, small club uh, Dodds that they used to play in Philly. And, you know, Ed kind of here, this is where he throws shade on the first two nights. And he says, I don't know where you guys have been, but the crowd in this building uh, deserves this. And, you know, uh, just blatant pandering to the uh, to the crowd. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. I, you know, but this this was a really good crowd. The, no, oh, yeah. no doubt about it. No doubt yeah. about it. So, uh, it also kind of does the same. You know, who went to college speech that we uh, talked about last week on the MSG show? You know, Stone went for a year. Matt worked at Kinko's. Uh, I didn't graduate high school, and he's kind of like, you know, it's it's great to see a bunch of guys that you know didn't get their education from school. You know, make it to this point in their career and uh you know they said it was an honor to take the opportunity to play the last few few shows of the spectrum and uh now it's time to play some punk rock sonic reducer uh you notice that ed ed got into the song a little early right yeah he's a little, uh a little I'm sure the, the wine from crazy mary had probably kicked in a little bit by this point he was probably i would think it. so yeah i would th- I, I i think he uh I think he had a lot to drink at this show. I, I think this was a big drinking show for him. I know the next night was definitely a drinking show. So he, uh, he, they were they were off a little bit in uh, in Baba too. They, we yeah, can, we can channel our bring bring the ghost of Matt for Halloween back into the episode. <laughs> they there there was a little you could nitpick a little bit in these last two songs about uh, about the performance, but you know it's the end of the night. The crowd's into it. There, it's this is the celebration part of the show. So. Uh, it's it's you know two great covers to end it with nothing wrong with it for me yeah really really what it is is energy yeah it's you know you're you're taking in the energy you know that this is the penultimate night of the spectrum and you know that these are the last two songs at that you know they're gonna tear the house down and and you get in uh in baba you get everybody singing the teenage wasteland part where the band completely lays out for it you know spine spine chilling moment uh you know it's all about the crowd at this point it's all about building the party atmosphere and uh whether or not you know mike was really in sync with a band in, in the solo part uh i i can i can give a pass to that that that's fine for me it, it's all it's all about the energy and having fun out there yeah, and, it, and it gives the gives the crowd one last chance to scream along and have a moment and yell 
you know, the Teenage Wasteland line. That's something that that everyone this is going to put everyone in a good mood at the end of the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've made it there. We're at the end. Uh, top three moments. Let's do that section. What do you sure. uh, what do you got? Uh, my number three, I'll say uh, Hold On, getting a uh, getting a debut of a song like that, a really cool song. We, we talked about what a what an interesting kind of history it had. Um, getting getting a debut of a song in 2009 is, is certainly special. So I'll put that as my number three. Uh, number two, I'll say the whole reverse Mama-san thing, Footsteps Once Alive, <laughs> uh, great versions of each of those. Uh, and then number one, uh, we talked about it, Light Years, like okay. absolutely special version of Light Years, one of my favorite songs. All right. I, I was wondering what your number one was going to be because we were almost we were almost the same exact thing. All right. Um, cool. Uh, three for me was hold on for basically, you know, to get a debut song, like you said, it, it's just kind of an honor and, you know, it's a wow moment for the crowd. It's a, a wow moment for the band. And on top of that, it was a really kind of perfect performance. So, uh, you know, cool song you don't get to hear too often. And, uh, uh, you know, we never covered it before. So it was really, it was a pleasure to do that. Um, my number two, which I thought was going to end up being your number one, that we were going to have flipped number one and number two. Uh, my number two is parting ways. And I, you know, for this being not just a rare song and, you know, being an underrated Pearl jam song, one of the, you know, the batch of underrated Pearl jam songs that you could say, you know, never really get put up in the discussion for anything to have that with the string section behind it. I thought it was really powerful. I thought the, the strings were a really, really good addition for this one. I was, I was really, uh, I was really happy to hear this. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good version and number one for me is uh, Reverse Mama Son. I think that's that's a moment when you hear it live. I'm a huge fan of Footsteps. It's one of my favorite songs, and you know I can envision being in the crowd and seeing that moment and after a live just saying, you know, that kind of felt like that. And uh, yeah, it, it's the unique moments from the show that really stand out and really different things that you would get from uh a set list you, you don't get uh you know you didn't get a daughter or a better man yeah no or, corduroy no better man no even flow no black yeah. a lot of a lot of their uh their go-to songs are missing from the set yeah and and you have them replaced with things like present tense and you're giving those kind of songs the chance to shine in maybe a spot where a daughter or a black would shine. So, you know, I, I, you know, black might have, you know, in a normal set, black might have been in there instead of light years. So, you know, uh, just, it's a cool way to change it up. And uh, it it was happy. I was happy to listen to this. This was, this was a nice change of pace, even if we have covered a ton of things from this era. So, yeah. Well, what do you get to? Yeah. What are you rating? Um, been thinking about it. Been thinking about it. I think I have more positive things than I thought I was gonna say. Um, but ultimately, a lot of the reason why we did this is that after last year doing night four, which you know I I had known for years, and we were we were pretty much novices back then, and we kind of wanted to get to the to the basic 
of the big shows and, and closing the spectrum is a big one because of whip it and bugs and, and all that other stuff. Uh, but after doing that, everybody would get in touch afterwards, you know, on the boards when talking about it or just reading other things. And people would say night three was the best. So I'm like, okay, well, if night three is the best, I'm going to save it for the same spot that we did night four in. And, um, I can see why people say that, you know, night four had some issues at the end. I think they definitely, uh, uh, they lacked the stamina. Um, once it got to the last encore, they were just like, you guys, you know, we're, they're making some mistakes. And I think the crowd was getting restless because the Phillies were losing and, and all that. So, uh, this, you know, I, I feel like every, everything was really relaxed at this show. I think there was a really good vibe, a really good atmosphere. They kind of knew that the next night was going to be the one where they really had to bring the Rockstar A-game. So for that, and, you know, some of the song placements was a little little perplexing, and I would have liked something in between that fixer and, uh, and In My Tree, but that doesn't really ruin a rating for me. I, I would give this an 8.5, I would say. Um, that's 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 fair. I think, uh, yes, it's a little scattered of a main set and you're missing a lot of those go-to classic songs. But I think it still works. You know, I think, it, like I said, Eddie's, he knows he knows when to place things and he knows what to do. They, he's been doing it a long time. So I'll give it, I'll give it a nine. I think having Hold On, you get four no-code songs, Parting Ways, Light Years, the reverse Mama song, getting Whipping in an Encore 2, a crazy Mary, an ending with with Sonic Reducer and Barbara. I'll give it a nine. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I think you know anything within that range, eight to nine and a half. If people want to give it a ten, that were there, you know, I won't I won't argue with them. So uh, yeah, this this was a this was a good one to cover. This was a good one to listen to. But yeah, definitely. I, I'm done with this era for a while. <laughs> I'm done with it. I want to. I want to go back to you know feeling songs like Animal and Go and feeling you know crowds that are are in mosh pits and and going right. bananas and and all that. Uh, and next week I think uh, is pretty much the pinnacle of that kind of era. Well, did we uh, did we say what we were doing next week? I haven't mentioned it yet. Let's do it. Uh, for all you that know, uh, you know, the shoe rant and fuck me in the brain. This is pretty, uh, it's a pretty popular show from 1993. Uh, since it's kind of the anniversary, I think, you know, within a couple of days, uh, uh, from when we're going to release it, uh, we're heading to India. We're doing a California show. It's been a while since we've done California, but yeah, this is a little, obvious- little, little West coast. Yeah, this is obviously one of uh, the peak bootlegs of the early years, and we're gonna have Buckley on. He's gonna he he loves this show. He's gonna cover this with us. Yeah, I, I, I definitely had this one on a cassette tape. Yeah, I yeah I, I I wish I was in that era. I wish I was collecting tapes with you guys because that's just man. Uh, I'm sure. You guys have so much stuff built up. You said that you were, you have, we have something kind of special that we're actually going to use in the Indio episode next week uh, that I don't know if we can find it on the internet anywhere. So we yeah, might be the ones. Something, yeah, something I had recorded on, on a cassette from a long time ago. 
So yeah, we'll thank thank everybody. Thank John for converting his cassette to to, to <laughs> digital. That's a really that's a tough task. It's a, uh, it's a labor to, of to love. Exactly. Anything else? Uh, you know, obviously Patreon. Head up uh, over to Patreon if you want to contribute to the show. Uh, we have the State of Love and Trust uh, Evolution episode up over there, including the other Evolution episodes we've done of Live and Leash, and uh, obviously some. Sometimes we have some topics that get lost on the cutting room floor when we're doing episodes, like last week for MSG. We had a lot of really good talking points about grievance and amongst the ways and just about you know stories from the day that couldn't quite make the show because we really wanted to you know hit that one hard and you know from the feedback that we've gotten and this is you know right right after the episode is released uh we've gotten a real a lot of really good feedback so thank you for everybody for chiming in uh that was one buckley and i said afterwards we were really really proud of that one so uh you know thank you for your feedback and thanks for for listening to that one uh we're really proud to do that um but uh yeah that's a lot of stuff that's on Patreon. So patreon.com slash live and four legs. We're doing more. We promise. Yeah. And thanks again. Always to, be stuff. Thanks again to Dylan and Jason for, uh, Absolutely. for donating, uh, be like them. It's like I said, only, only $1 a month gives you access to everything. There are not a lot of podcasts that will, will do that. A lot of them will make you, you know, shell out the bucks for the higher tiers to come on or anything like that. But you know, we're, we're trying to keep it accessible. So just $1 a month. You know, gives you access to all the exclusive episodes and bonus things, and a lot more coming up next year. So, yeah, I'm excited. You wanted to you wanted to plug something. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I was I was lucky enough to be a guest on another podcast called Deprogrammed. Uh, it's a really cool thing where these guys do a different band each week, and they pick like a a starter kit of ten songs. They kind of go back and forth. It's it's kind of half game show, half music podcast. So you kind of argue about the songs, and like that's right up my alley because I love, love arguing about music. Um, they <laughs> yeah, they've actually done they did Pearl Jam a few years ago, but I'm I'm working on them to try to get try to get it on back get them back in the uh, the rotation there. But it's uh, yeah, it's called Deprogrammed. If people want to check it out, I was on last week doing uh, an episode about the Weaker Thans, a uh, great band that I love from Canada. So uh, if you're interested, check that out. They do all kinds of genres. You know, if you're if you're into music at all, definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, besides that, uh, we got trivia tonight and every Wednesday night, unless you know something drastic happens. Uh, so be on social media accounts on Facebook at eight p.m. Eastern Time Sharp. With that being said, I think we are done for this show. Uh, we'll see you back next week for Indio, and this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. Although we may be parting ways with a string section, I miss you already. <laughs> I miss you always. That was terrible. Why'd I do that? I thought you were going to say strung out parting ways. Uh, then I could have, but, yeah. you know... I, I did my own dad thing, I suppose. But <laughs> anyway, uh, for John and Randy and for the Philadelphia 2009 penultimate night at the Spectrum, uh, we'll see you back here next week for Indio 93. Happy Halloween. Send us your Pearl Jam Halloween costumes.